And a very good day. This is Pastor Mark with Touch of God. And we start out today with Ephesians 1, verse 17 and 18. For I always pray to the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that he may grant you a spirit of wisdom and revelation, of insight into mysteries and secrets in the deep and intimate knowledge of him, by having the eyes of your heart flooded with light, so that you can know and understand the hope to which he has called you, and how rich is his glorious inheritance in the saints, his set-apart ones. We are reading out of the Amplified Classic Edition, as we have been now for many weeks, which enhances the understanding and the explanation of each verse. And I encourage you to, even if you have another favorite translation, such as the King James or the New American Standard or English Standard Version, also open alongside the Amplified Bible, the Amplified Classic Edition, and compare and look up your favorite verses in the Amplified Classic Edition and see what you think. But Ephesians 1, 17 and 18 is a letter from Paul to the church at Ephesus, and he's truly desiring for them to truly have a knowledge, a deep and intimate knowledge of God. That is the love of Christ in the Apostle Paul that deeply desires that for God's creation on this earth. God's children and those who are yet to be children of God. God's desire is for all to come to know him and be reconciled back to him. So we need our hearts flooded with light, according to verse 18, so that we can know and understand the hope to which he has called us and how rich is his glorious inheritance in us, in the saints, his set-apart ones. Isn't it a blessing today to be a set-apart saint by God? If you have given your life to the Lord, if you have allowed Jesus into your heart, if you have started to confess Jesus as Lord, and you keep confessing him that he is your Lord and nothing else is your Lord above Jesus, if you put Jesus first, seek him first and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you, according to Matthew 6, verse 33. Isn't it amazing? that if we do these things, we will be set apart. And when you set apart something, it's a consecration. It's a process of sanctification. God wants to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. God wants to reconcile us back to him, spirit, soul, and body. The way we think needs to be reconciled back to God so that we no longer think according to our own understanding, but in all our ways we acknowledge him. We should be acknowledging him so that he can direct our paths so that he can direct our thoughts and understanding, and so that we can have a deep and intimate knowledge of him. I just referenced Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6, and back to Ephesians 1, verse 17. So continue to push aside the distractions in your life and focus on the word of God. Get to know God. Get to know his nature so that he can then be a greater part of your life because you control how much God is able to influence and help you and deliver you in your life from things that that are in your past. God has paid a precious price through the shedding of the blood of his son at the cross of Calvary. 
But not only that, he paid a precious price when his son's body was shredded, and according to the Bible, it was disfigured, it was marred more than any other man, so that you would be healed. Healed, not just physically, but also emotionally, in your heart. And maybe you have some deep pains today in your heart. You don't have physical pain, perhaps, but maybe you have some deep pains in your heart that only God, only the great physician, knows how to go deep inside a heart. And only the great physician, only the amazing creator of the universe, your precious daddy, your heavenly father, knows exactly how to fix your heart because he's the one that created it. He didn't create any evil that might be in your heart, but he created your heart to be a heart full of Jesus, full of the love of Christ, and nothing else. So God knows how to fix something he creates, just like a car manufacturer knows about all the parts that go into a car that they created. And they know how to fix their car because they created it and designed that particular model in the first place. But how be it I compare a car to the precious creation of the Lord? The Lord's creation is far above any car, as we will all agree. So your heart is very, very sensitive. It's a very delicate part of you. It is your spirit, your soul coming together, your heart. And God wants to God wants to make sure that the springs that flow from it are pure, so that you may be the light upon this earth, the light to other people. Jesus is the light, and but he also said to his disciples, Now let your light so shine upon men. So now you have Jesus in you, you have a light, and you are the light. Let that light show it shine. We are supposed to be a city on a hill not a city in the valley. We are supposed to be seen. A light from a hill is seen like a lighthouse. Far, far from shore, far from the hill, it can be seen because on a hill, nothing is surrounding that light because it's high up. So it can be seen from all around. So people should be able to see us as if if it were a light on a hill a city on a hill. We are supposed to be, according to Jeremiah and according to Psalms chapter 1, verses 1 to 3, we're supposed to be that tree in the water, amen, with the roots firmly deep down so that whenever a drought comes, people will still be able to seek us for prayer and we will still be bearing fruit even in the face of a otherwise situation like a drought. When the storms come or when the drought comes, when the and and the tree is under attack, we are still firmly rooted. So we must be firmly rooted in the Word of God. We must be abiding in the Lord. We must be seeking Him. We must be walking with Him upon this earth, following Him, allowing the Lord to lead us by His Holy Spirit, and being obedient to what He already told His disciples, which is us, to do, going about doing good, healing all who are oppressed of the devil, for God is with us. He told us to go into all the world to preach the gospel. And preaching the gospel includes through signs and wonders, showing the power of God by the Holy Spirit. So we have to be set aside. We have to be consecrated and sanctified because the more pure we are in our actions 
and our hearts and our thoughts, the more God is able to flow through us. God doesn't want any carnality. He doesn't want any of our old thinking to stand in the way of what he wants to do through us. When we are aligned with the will of God, because we think the way he thinks, and not the way we used to think, then God is on the same page with us, and we are on the same page of understanding as God, and God and us together, we are co-laborers with him, we are co-workers according to the word of God, and we can do mighty things with him and through him, and we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us when we agree that the Bible is true, when we're obedient, and when God is walking with us, when we allow him to be a part of our daily life, God can truly show himself strong. According to Chronicles, God's eyes roam to and fro upon the earth, searching for someone in whom he can show himself strong. So is that going to be you today? Show God that you want to be used by him. Just be a willing vessel. Say, Lord, use me, send me, and God will gladly take up your invitation. Just do what Jesus would do. Jesus said that we would do the same works and greater. So we should do exactly that. We can do greater things now because the devil is a defeated foe. Unlike in times where Jesus was walking the earth, the devil had not yet been defeated by Jesus. But he was defeated right at the cross, which means all demons are defeated. They are not only fallen angels, but they are fallen and defeated. So in Christ, we are seated in Christ next to the Father in heavenly places. That's where the Father placed Jesus, and we're in him. So now we're in Christ, seated in heavenly places, far above all evil, far above all principalities and powers and all those wicked places. So, Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20. So we are Christ's ambassadors, God making his appeal, as it were, through us. Now, I just want to pause there for a moment. God is making his appeal as it were, through us, according to this verse. God is appealing to his creation through you. He's appealing. He's seeking. He's not forcing, but he is trying to appeal to those that are lost, that don't know him. So the more you know God's character and nature and love, especially for you as well as his creation, you will know very well how God would want to love on another person, just as Jesus loved on people as he walked the earth. He wants to love them with an unconditional love, forgiving everyone as they would seek to declare their sins to him and repent from their ways. God wants to appeal to his lost creation, and he wants no one to perish. He wants everyone to be reconciled back to him. He wants everyone to be saved, and the only way is through Jesus the way, the truth, and the life. So we are Christ's ambassadors. See, we are representatives of Christ. And God cannot make his appeal to his creation without either showing up himself on the earth, as Jesus did, or showing up through you as you are now his ambassador. You are representing Christ. You are a representative of the kingdom of heaven. And you and I are supposed to be examples of children of God growing up into be sons and daughters of God and representing God, representing his nature. So we are supposed to be very different from the lost, from those yet to know Christ upon the earth. 
If we are similar or the same as them in behavior, then they will never see the light. We will never be representing the city on the hill, the light on the hill. Our light will be smothered. It will be flickering. It will be dim, or it could be even covered. And no one will be able to see Christ in us, the hope of glory, which was the mystery that was hidden from all ages until God revealed it at the right time. And now we know Christ in us, the hope of glory, Christ in the believer, the hope of glory. It's glory's hope that we are truly the city on the hill, beaming our light bright, going about and loving on people, telling them about Jesus, telling them about our testimonies, and being that light. Because there are so many people in darkness, they've been blinded by the devil, not finding out the truth being distracted or delayed or postponed in their walk with the Lord. For as long as the devil can hold them off and keep them distracted with other things in their lives, including sports and gambling and all those evil sins and distractions, addictions, drugs, smoking, alcohol, that are supposed to be the fixes for life's troubles. But as we all know, including myself, they are only a temporary fix. There is only one true fix, and that is Jesus himself, the blood of Jesus and when God translates us from out of the powers of darkness and into the kingdom of his beloved Son, out of the clutches of addictions, drugs, alcohol, paraphernalia, pornography, and all the rest of those things from A to Z. So we are representing Christ, and we have to truly represent him. And because Jesus has given us, and God has given us through Christ, a brand new spirit, we are born again. We are a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are new. That means that we now run on the spirit of the Lord. We are now no longer having the nature of the devil who used to be our father. We now run and are influenced by the Holy Spirit as God is sanctifying us, cleaning us out. As we allow God into more parts of our heart, he's able to clean those areas and help those areas of our thoughts and our hearts. But he cannot do his cleaning, his sanctification without our willingness to allow him to do it. And he also cannot change our mind into the truth without us reading the word of God. That's why he gave us the word of God. He sent his son so that we could be set free. So his son, Jesus, is the word, the word made flesh. The word is the one that makes us free. The actions of Jesus, of course, was the one, he was the one shed his blood He paid for it all. There's nothing that didn't get paid for. But we must read the word of God so that we must find out the truth and replace our understanding with the new understanding that God knows about everything. And then we seek him with our heart and we understand that we thought we knew it, but we didn't know anything except for lies and misunderstandings of how God's nature is. But now as you read the word of God, as you spend time with the brethren around you and discuss the things of the Lord and pray and seek the Lord in your secret time, in that secret place, I encourage you to grow that time as I encourage myself to grow that time every day to spend with him because there is so much that we are not finding out about by not spending enough time with God. We may not be in peace like we should be. Jesus paid a precious price for us to be reconciled, and that includes being at peace. We are not supposed to be in lack, in fear, and in anxiety, because anxiety and worry is the opposite of faith, and what is not of faith is sin. 
and we don't want to be in sin. So if there is no reason to worry, then we shouldn't be worrying because if God be for us, who can be against us? So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through you to others as Christ's personal representatives, verse 20, beg you for his sake to lay hold of the divine favor now offered you and be reconciled to God. So we as Christ's personal representatives, you are one of Christ's personal representatives. It is a very personal situation to God that he has called you to be one of Jesus Christ's personal representatives. And if we slow down on these verses and we look into these versions of the Bible that help us with more detail, as such as the Amplified Classic Edition, we can see some more detail here and we can really get a truer picture and a better understanding of what the Holy Spirit is trying to reveal in the truth here about who we are as Christ's personal representatives. And then it says, beg you for his sake to lay hold of the divine favor. So the Apostle Paul to the Corinthians here is begging, begging the Corinthians. Now, how many times have you heard that we're not supposed to beg other people to come to Christ or to get closer to God or spend more time with him and be obedient to him? How many times have we been told that, well, you know, don't beg people. You're not supposed to push people. They're supposed to just come of their own accord. Well, yes, they have to make their own free will choice to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. But if you are placid, if you are casual about mentioning the Lord, then you are not putting much force or much effort behind your conviction because someone who has good news is not going to be idly just referencing it in passing by a conversation or just casual conversation. They're going to be wide-eyed and they're going to be very animated giving that good news. So we do need to be begging others for his sake, for God's sake, to lay hold of the divine favor now offered you and be reconciled to God. So it's very important to be begging others to be reconciled to God because God knows if they don't, there is a very, very painful penalty to pay. And Jesus's life on the cross would have been in vain for those people who never received him. Jesus died for them, but they never gave their life to him. So we must implore people to seek the Lord and to come to the Lord and to repent and to ask for forgiveness. But if you know the Lord your God and his nature and his love, you can do a much better job and it'll be much easier for you to impart the love that Jesus has for them and explain the kindness of God. God's love to forgive, to not remember people's sins, and his unconditional love for them, no matter what they've done. And if they have been taught wrong in the past, then they may be on a path to destruction, path to hell, like we were all on a path to hell until we received Jesus as our Lord and Savior. But now, knowing God, we can tell people about him and explain things and allow them to understand the nature of God. Testimony is very important too. Verse 21, so for our sake, he made Christ virtually to be sin. God made his own son virtually to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in and through him, we might become endued with 
viewed as being in and examples of the righteousness of God. So that means that we can only be the righteousness of God or viewed as being in the righteousness of God and examples of the righteousness of God if we remain in him and through him. We can only do things through Christ and God can only strengthen us. Jesus can only strengthen us if we remain in him. We've got to continue to stay in his word, abide in him, and he will abide in us. We must remain that branch that is completely and firmly connected to the vine, without which we are unable to bear fruit and others remain lost because we cannot be that light. Our light will not shine brightly on the hill for those others to see. So I pray today that you and I together, we commit to spending more time with the Lord in our secret place. We turn off the phones. We turn off any source of distraction for a period of time each day. And we lock ourselves away in a secret place because God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Not casually, once in a while. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He rewards you with his grace, his mercy, his intimacy, his love, his peace for you. He rewards you so many different ways that I cannot even explain them all right now. And I have yet to find all the ways God rewards us. But we've already been rewarded by the cross, not by our own earning, but we have already been blessed by God so much as having a way to get back to him through the cross of Jesus Christ. So we should not come into the secret place saying, if I stay here long enough, God will reward me. God will reward you, but the heart that we should have is, I am truly blessed to be able to even come close to the Lord after what I have done and what Jesus has done for me to wash away those sins I committed, to wash away my old nature. I should not be able to come into the presence of the Lord, into the Holy of Holies, but yet God affords me this complete privilege. This is the heart we must have as we come close to him as we come near to him in our secret place, wherever that is, in our house, our cars, walking along the street. God is with us forever. God said he would never leave you nor forsake you. And God is not one who lies. So I encourage you today to spend more time with him as I encourage myself to do the same. As a personal representative of Christ, I stand here in love for you, with the love of Christ for you. And I speak And I grant God's goodness to you in any form of reconciliation that you need in spirit, soul, and body right now in Jesus' name. So pain, I command you, be gone. Headaches, be gone. Cancer, be gone from these bodies of these people in Jesus' name. Stomach problems, be gone. I speak life to your muscles, tendons, ligaments, joints, and bones. Life to your eyesight. Glaucoma, be gone in Jesus' name. I speak that the Lord's blood washes away all sin as you confess it to him. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. He is faithful to forgive us our sins as we confess them to him and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. So we thank you, Lord, today. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. You can find us on Facebook and YouTube, Touch of God Radio. And you have a blessed week. Amen.